get on with the show. All right. Uh, hey, everybody. Uh, welcome back to another episode of Get Best. So it's the tale of Richard Warren Sears and James Cash Penny's escape from Purgatory and return to Earth in a quest to, to get Jeff Bissell's founder of Amazon.com, who they felt crushed the retail empires. Uh, it turned out their quest for vengeance turned into a quest for friendship because the three of them became friends. They solved problems and took over the running of hell. Uh, which uh, met its untimely end. Or maybe, I mean, I guess if you're there, you'd say it couldn't have happened sooner. Uh, I think someone was wearing a T-shirt down there after. Now, fortunately, before you start celebrating hell people, they started a new version, Hell 2.0. They tried to save it, you know, I guess. And and then they said, they said let's make it better. Let's, let's, let's take the eternity out of hell. And let's put some determiny or something, you know, some sort of mind thought. What those people call thought leaders or whatever? They said, let's let's uh, let's thought lead this thing. Let's uh, let's be proactive and synergize this. And so they said, well, what, what, what will we do in a 2.0 web 2.0? I think that was 15 years ago, but actually it wasn't web based. They said, well, let's get a one on one, a human to hu- hellion to human. Let's send out our Hellions and, you know, take them out of this environment and get them out there in the world to set people straight on the straight and narrow path. And that didn't, that, uh, so that was their intention. It didn't work out, though. Uh, not probably, thought, they should have done some uh, beta, t- alpha and beta testing. They didn't. So humanity's population was crashed. Uh, pretty much, you know, totally, almost totally. But Earth was kind of ravaged, I guess. you do. That's pretty apt description. Uh, James Cashman, ERW, they, they said, well, we got to get everybody back, but they couldn't do that. So they de-existed, everyone, most everyone on planet, most of humanity and uh, hell-based humanity. I'm just ballparking it over a couple centuries. Maybe it's just over, you know, whatever, over 50 years. I don't know. But one, probably centuries, but one bastion humanity, I think somewhere in Central South America formed. It slowly developed from just an outpost, I guess, uh, to a uh, burgeoning city, to a uh, uh, last vestige of humanity, a near utopia. Uh, named after Bessos, Jeff Bessos, Jeff Bessos, uh, because they thought, I guess because he leaked a bunch of, I don't, I don't know, that part is hard to follow uh, compared to all this other stuff. Uh, now, meanwhile, while this uh, last vestige of humanity was uh, really uh, getting good, I guess, and you see near Utopia, they signed me up. And be like, do they have a gray wolf lodge there? And I said, I don't know. I can't afford to go to one on Earth, so I don't know if they have one there. But maybe sounds like that sounds like a doesn't sound like utopia for me. But maybe for a little kid, it does. But uh, let's see. I don't know why I got to where they came from. My brain just uh, said, "Hey, water slides." They said, "What?" Okay. Uh, but so, uh, meanwhile, while this near utopia is going. It cleared out. No, nobody. They emptied out hell, so it only had the hell's employees left. Utopia. No humanity left, but humans in Utopia. So no customers for hell. Also, Supreme Being was on sabbatical. But to put that out there, 
And so the council angels that was running things, they said, well, we, we better just shut the hell down. They, they have no business. So they decided to do that. Then kind of that didn't, then Richard Warren Sears and James Cashman said, well, we'll just go find some centers. It's a utopia is not possible with humans. Give us a break. I guess the angels got wind of that. They said, maybe we should just get rid of all of Earth since it's not the only existent, you know, we're not, we're not the only game in town. And they said, when, when the Supreme Being gets back, we'll just say, you know, geez, it was some sort of dark matter and quark ran into each other. And they said, we, we, we were misread, you know, we didn't, we never understood that the, those thermodynamics, even though we're angels. You know, we get sometimes, we, we mix too much spiritual energy and too much cosmic energy, and then poof. So no more, sorry. I think that was their plan. I think that's pretty much, I think I read that on a napkin, a heavenly napkin. Uh, so obviously humanity, and they, they, they said, well, we don't want to go anywhere. So they, um, I guess that's kind of where we were, but like Jif Bissos in hell and James Cash, Benny Richards, they were trying to figure out a way to outsmart the angels and get some sinners uh, but they were trying to say trick the angels and, and say that God was coming to a play they are putting on in the near utopia. If you missed it, you did, you did, let's see. So then they had a trial. They said, man, this is hard to explain. Let me see if I can do it. Uh, so R.W. was Richard Warren Sears is planning to do a play, uh, planning on doing a play to convince everyone in hell, or no, in uh in Bessos, a near utopia, to get into sin, a case for sin. Then it became a real trial, I think, uh, with James Cash Penny on the other side saying, well, maybe we need something more. Like, I guess that sin is too, I don't know, you listen to the old episodes, but they're in the middle of a trial. A case for sin. Are you for sin or are you for fear, I think is the other thing. And they went back and forth. And, I mean, there's a lot at stake. Earth, hell, humanity. Uh, angels think that uh, they're trying to sneak out into Earth. Uh, multiple belief systems. The belief system of this utopia, because they, they used to just believe, uh, I guess I'm not even clear on that. That might come up in the trial, but that's it. I'm glad you're here. Uh, if you're listening to this, I appreciate it. You know, I do this every week, uh, and somehow I said this week it just, uh, this was like a bit like a scramble when you uh, try to make fried eggs and then you're like, oh boy, you're they're already in the pan. You'd be like, well, I guess I'm making scrambled eggs <laughs> or like an egg yolk, impressionist eggs or something. So uh, that's it. Welcome to another episode of Get Bessos. Hey everyone, this is the narrator again. Uh, welcome to another, oh, he already said that. Well, welcome back. Actually, you're not welcome back, because now we're in a whole other place. We're in, this episode opens. I'm trying to take my job. You know, I don't, I don't have that much time left as your narrator. So I'm trying to take things very seriously. But we open, and we're back in Hell 2.0. And we can see our friend Jif. He's running around with Skiffy. And we see centaurs and giants and titans. And I don't know the difference between giants and titans and other large creatures and mythical. I don't know. Are mythical, are mythical beasts above hell? 
Or they say, well, it's just they're mythical and they're beasts. So there's mythical beasts. And I would say that's a polite use of the beast, the term beast. Or if you're a beast, you might say, well, don't put me in with those creatures. And I say, okay, mythical creatures, there you go. Uh, things that are, they say, well, I guess they're living because they're all moving and Jif seems to be conducting things. And he keeps running back to the spot by the boulder. And now he's just kind of pacing there. He was running back and forth, but now he's kind of sitting there thinking, and his buddy Skiffy, or but, but our friend Flaglass, Plateglass as they call him, Skiffy, he comes and let's just join them. And that was pretty good as for a narrator. I'm pretty pleased with that setup. I mean, not the descriptive part, but I tried not to do any commentary uh, because the pod man says he's had enough. Oh, yeah, Mr. Jiff, uh, how's it going? Oh, uh, well, hey, Skiffy. Um, I don't know. Is everybody ready to go? Well, where are we going? No, everyone wants, everyone's ready. Okay, well... Well, we got to get out of here. I, I don't know what to say to everyone. I mean, I'm glad everyone listened to me. Well, you told them James wanted them to go. Yeah, I, I think it's time for us to leave uh, here. I don't know. You look down, Jeff. I do feel, I feel as down as you knowing your girlfriend is with an angel and what that must feel like. Oh, please don't bring up my girlfriends with an angel. A, you know, brawny angel. I mean, it, uh, but I mean, I guess you say she, you know, she, she she has good taste in men, I would say. Okay, that could tell you that. Oh, that doesn't help, Jeff. Well, I'm sorry. I'm sorry to say that, but um, let's see. Oh, dear. Yeah, everybody's ready to go. I just, I think we're just going to go down to uh, Earth. I guess we've got to get out of here because the angels are going to be back and they're going to wonder. So we did. Did you get the philosophers? Did we? Did we bring the philosophers with us last time? And the uh, it's all all the people. You know, remember all the people. The old uh, churches. They said, "Well, that's a science. That's bad." Because uh, we're going to need need some of their help. I think we could use the. Oh no, we didn't. I don't think we saved. Maybe we saved them. But remember when they. Uh, Oh, that's right, that flying that flying bird thing. Yeah, it took him. Okay, so no philosophers. Any scientists, you think? Oh, I think so. I think so, but they've... No, remember, they, they were filled with woe because it's been, it's been... Oh, that's right, and we had them. Well, it's, anyway, it's not important. I mean, I think we'll just go down to Earth. I mean, I don't know... Hey, I'm waiting to hear from Malik. I'll be honest with you. Uh, oh, that's your son. Now that's your son. You have a son on Earth. I still don't quite understand that. Well, here, have a seat. We we have a quiet moment here to check in. So the angels uh, think that God is going to Earth, but I think that they also suspect that God is not coming to Earth. Okay? Okay. I'm about uh, 99% sure that when they figure that out, they're going to destroy Hell 2.0, no matter what. Probably to get me, and maybe the maybe that brawny angel slightly jealous of you or intimidated by you. Oh, really? I mean, maybe, I mean, maybe he suspects Megaria still has feelings for you. Oh, she does? Did you talk to her? No, no, no. Um, 
But anyway, I think they're going to get rid of hell. So I think we need to get out of here. But I think they're probably going to. I don't know. I mean, I don't. I'm worried about Earth and the other human beings on Earth, and also all our friends here, and you, and our well, and yeah, James and R W. And I just, I just would hate to see. I mean, I'm sure there's other forms of life. The angels said it, but you know, this is our form of life. You know. And we're not perfect. I know that. I know we're all far from, I mean, clearly the last few hundred years since we've been, have not been great, you know. And even before that, you know, humanity. But I, I can't imagine that anyone, you know, there's, I, I don't know. You know what I mean? Oh, if I've been, like, Jif, when I was here in the original hell, I believe that my skiff was brought from above because I was in this terrible place, a place with no hope. And yet one day I realized I had me skiff. And I said, maybe this hell isn't exactly what it seems to be because I have this skiff. It brings me joy. And I would skiff around. You know, you remember, I'd skiff here and I would skiff there and I would skiff around and I would skiff, I'd make skiffing songs. Uh, because your job was skiffing. Oh, yes, I wasn't the main skiffer, you know, the, the main boatman. But I would skiff across that river with the sullen, and I would say, hey, well, and I would, you know, I was in charge of them. And then I was dating Megaria. And, I mean, that was complicated. It wasn't all, but it wasn't all misery, Jif. And I came to believe in something. I'm not sure what. And then my skiff was gone, you know, taken away. Uh, once you guys came, actually, I had my skiff, me skiff until you came. It was it was J R W and uh, uh, James. Okay, well, anyway, that's enough about that. Yeah, so that was my point: is that uh, you know, humanity's not perfect, but we are what we are. Okay, and I don't know. I I think I was hoping Malik would get back to me and he'd say, "Okay, let's just get this. We got to save humanity here." Uh, so that I'd know. I don't know. I guess we've just got to make a leap and and go down to Earth and hope James comes up with a plan, or R W accidentally comes up with a plan, or that maybe this higher power thing, the the supreme being, says, "What what is going on on Earth?" But I think we'd probably get punished pretty severely at this point. So I don't know if that's our best bet. If it is, if it is. Uh, but whatever the supreme being is, would have to have a pretty generous sense of humor and the ability to make sense of all this. I'd say you'd need about 40 universes just to process all of this. Oh, Jif, I'm not following anything you're saying. I'm just thinking about Megaria and that brawny angel and thinking she, she's thinking of me. Okay, well, that's good. That's kind of like your skiff. You got something to hold on to and believe in. And I guess I do, too. I mean, to be honest, I'll be honest with you, Skiffy. I'm going to lay it all out here. You always do, Jif. I mean, my son lives in Bessos. He's my son. And I think you were asking. And, yes, I snuck off to Bessos, and I fell in love with his mother. And uh, even though I was, was just supposed to be monitoring the servers we had installed to help, you know. Did I tell you any of this? 
Oh, no, I don't, I didn't follow it if you did. It was, was it about servers? I usually stopped listening. Well, yeah, I, I was installing the servers, James and I, you know, we tried to save. Bessos was kind of our design. And, and then, you know, I, I don't know. I, I fell in love. It was kind of love, but it was hard because it was a long distance across things. And I could only sneak off there. And again, I was only supposed to be installing and checking to make sure, you know, the the history, that they had access to all of human history, but not in a way. Oh, you're meddling in human affairs. Well, we I'm still human. Remember, I've never passed away. I don't know how many years I've been alive. But, it, you know, and I've crossed in, in anyway. I mean, I guess I, and I never felt more alive than when I was in her arms. And it was brief. Oh boy, but it was always brief because you know we don't get you don't get a lot of uh, uh, loving touches here. I mean, other than hugs from friends, I guess those feelings in hell are most feelings. You know, it's it's kind of dampened down here. You know, oh, except for me missing me. Well, yeah, the feelings of longing—they're intense in hell, and I think that's on purpose. You know, but longing's one of the things that makes us what we are. And what we can enjoy the pain in some sense. Oh, I don't know about that. Okay, well, anyway, yeah, so Malik's my son. That's what I, I guess that was your question. Well, where's his mother? Ah, she's gone. She passed on. And where'd she go? Well, she didn't come here. So I think, I don't know. I try not to think about that, okay? I think about Malik and you think about the rest of humanity. And I, I say, I need to get there. You ever think about that? You, you created a, a single mother and, and it was, you, that it was selfish. Um, what is it? I'm sorry, am I on trial? We've got to get back to Earth. Well, I'm just saying you're just like a tourist uh, sleeping with me. No, no. Okay, uh, it was more. Okay, you're you're right. I made some. I did make. I did apologize to her, and she. It's not important. You really got me in a. It was a long time ago. Malik's a man now, and his mother and I. We. It was a. Oh, Jeff. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to shame you. I was just. I'm just feeling intense. Feel. It's just this. Okay. Yeah. It's a hard time. It's a hard time for all. Uh, but but for me, I, I don't usually get this intense, but uh, Malik's my son, and he's a human, and he lives with the other humans, and I don't think it's right to just get rid of humanity because it's not perfect. Even though it's current form, it seems pretty darn perfect. And I also don't understand that. I just don't can't believe that our servers... And I guess, I don't know, I, I, I think we just need to go there and get moving, and get out of here before we get caught at the angels. What do you think? Well, I think it's a good idea, Jeff. Why are we waiting? Well, I was just hoping to hear from Malik and say that he had a plan or James had a plan. Because they really don't even know where... I mean, we've got everyone, and we can't leave every, anyone behind because... Oh, Jeff, you love everyone from hell so much. Well, love's a strong word. I appreciate some people... Uh, that they're they're imperfections, you know, like that one unihorned uh, cyclops, uh, the the one that's always cracking jokes. I don't know. I said, uh, 
you know, can you just stay over there? Uh, that's fine. That's your area of hell 2.0. And occupy yourself. But don't occupy yourself with making fun of the way I walk. Well, maybe he sees you differently because he's got one eye and a horn. Because the horn, I think, obstructs his view. Well, that's no excuse to me. Okay. Yeah, you're right. And he's coming with us. What was it? His name is like a barnaclops or something like that. Oh, because it looks like he has barnacles on him. Oh, so that's just a nickname. So he's picking at me because he has a derogatory nickname. Well, I don't know if it's a nickname, Jeff. Can we stop at heaven and get Megaria? No, no, no. We, we've wasted enough time. We need to go. Let's go. Okay, let's go get everybody. Make sure everybody's buddied up. Uh, double check there's no philosophers because just in case we could use the brain power or like the imagine, you know, okay, okay, Jeff. Okay, let's go. Hey, everybody's the narrator again. So they're headed out of hell. And this is a narrator, I guess this is a narrator's dream come true because I have a little interlude here. Because uh, while Jeff and, and uh, Skiffy and the entire uh, and what is that called? Workforce of Hell leave. Uh, giants and centaurs and barnacles. As they all leave, uh, back at the courthouse, we have a thing because they had a little break at court and they were trying to get their own computer to be a temporary judge. And that seemed to take longer. They had adjusted some sort of medical device that was like on wheels. And our W kept objecting. And then Malik and Jane, Malik demanded to be called. And then RW said, you can't demand to be called as a witness. And then James tried to call Malik. And James, RW said, well, I won't allow him to be called till we have a judge to judge on this matter. Then the judge was fully working. And then James called Malik. And Malik, it was, it, this part, you because know, Malik said, I demand we go, you know, I think it, he, it was like, uh, we, we need to go outside the gates to see, to make my case. And so then they headed outside the gate, but to get outside the gates, so the whole court, uh, and this was a multiple objections and overruling a computer saying, you're overruled, you're overruled, and RW arguing with the, it was like a, like a boring droid, like a, it was like a boxy, it just doesn't matter, it's just a boxy, Looks like a couple of servers on a, uh, I don't know, just use your imagination. Not as cool as a Star Wars droid, but uh, also not as cool as, uh, what was that, interstellar droid, but with some boxy parts like that in wheels, that has wheels. Uh, but then, anyway, they decided to take, to, they, they finally, everyone said, okay, we'll reload the whole, relocate the whole courts to the plane, one of the planes outside of the gates of Bessos. And to get there, that's why this interlude, because it's, it would take forever and it would be so boring. But they went through these long tunnels, you know, they had to get everybody, everybody got a number so they would know everybody was sitting and no one, because RW didn't want anybody sneaking in, but then RW said, well, maybe if some people want to sneak in, important people, and then, you know, the trial had kind of swept through Bessos. Now, most people were still watching on their TVs or entertainment devices, whatever they call them there. 
but you know, it was a big deal and it was a big, big to do's and stuff like that. And I think that's it. I think, uh, eventually, okay. So they went through these tunnels, they got everyone else. They spilled out onto this giant desolate plain outside of these giant, uh, these two tunnels through a mountain. So they didn't, there's walls around some parts of Essos, but there's also mountains. And so they spilled out in these tunnels into this giant plain. And then RW wanted to recreate the courthouse, but James said it needed to be more intimate. Then they talked about getting a speaker system. And then finally they just gathered everyone sitting down on the ground in front of these kind of like raised mud piles. But a very desolate plain, like strange weather off in the distance. Uh, mountains, you know, to, to behind the massive, massive mountains. And then across the plain, you know, just clouds into the right mountains, to the left mountains. You know, the earth, a kind of uh, grayish, uh, uh, clayish color. Uh, not not pleasant, not, not but not entirely unpleasant, kind of like uh, meh. Uh, desolate, I guess that's why I say it's it's desolate out there. And they had brought snacks and food. Don't worry about that stuff. They they says they have their act together. I don't even know. It took two or three days probably, but they got everybody out. They gathered everyone around, and things have resumed. As we zoom in, uh, there's like a the highest mud pile. I guess mud is a hard thing because it's hard. Uh, but some sort of thing, and they've uh, made it into a seat for the witness where Malik is sitting. And then there's another higher one, uh, the next level, for the person who's speaking, which is James and R.W. They're arguing over who. And then the uh, the droid judge just, uh, it has like a, like one of those things where you change the lights in an industrial building. So it's it's got a, it, it can raise up, but it's, it has confidence. It's the judge, so it doesn't really need to. It doesn't care. But yeah, let's get back down there and join the trial. Uh, this judge is still not working. Again, I uh, object to being out here and to not having uh, equal seating positions. Okay, well, Richie, the, the judge isn't going to respond. Remember that we, we put the new setting and the judge won't respond to you unless it has a different answer. Uh, exactly. So I don't, I don't, I don't agree with the, having this judge what, what, at all. Okay, well, your objection is noted. And uh, thank you, everyone. Uh, we finally, I think every, but, but, but do you have any, uh, if you have any new objections, Richie, feel free, but objecting to the change in venue uh, as my witness, this is an essential part of the witness I've called Malik, uh, who should return to the stand. If you're already said to the sit, I guess, on this, uh, this big gray lump, uh, Malik, thank you. Uh, we're going to, we're going to proceed with our question. I'm going to proceed with my questioning of the witness. Uh, I, I do, I don't, I don't, uh, I don't, uh. Well, yeah, you don't need to. Do you have an objection, Richie? No, but I'm going to object to this whole thing. I'm going to take a walk. Okay, well, I'm going to proceed with the case. Okay, that's fine. I'll be, I, I just need to go for a walk.
Okay, I'm going to proceed. Why don't you just walk within hearing distance or something, please? Oh, yeah, whatever, right, whatever, James. Okay, um, okay, Malik, uh, good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen of the jury, uh, people of the jury, uh, honored guests, uh, thanks for, uh, sticking with us here as we moved your honor. Hello, Mr. Penny. Uh, thank you, your honor. Uh, Malik, how, how long have you lived in, uh, Bessos? Well, my entire life, Mr. Penny. And how many times have you been outside of Bessos on this plane? Uh, never, never before, Mr. Penny. Uh, uh, exiting Bessos is, is, is strongly frowned upon, and it, it, it's considered a violation of your choice if you leave Bessos. That's why we had to get permission. And, you know, I've, we've always thought that uh, uh, people have been hiding things, you know, that the, hiding the state of the world was a big conspiracy, but that was uh, 20, 30 years ago when I was just a boy and before I was born. Okay, so slow down, Blake. So you've never been outside Bessos until today, uh, ever. That's correct, Mister Penny. Okay, and uh, ladies and gentlemen, the court. I did just uh, one second, uh, witness, Your Honor. Could I ask a question to the entire court? Uh, you may ask a question, if no one objects. Okay, great. Uh, is is anyone in this court uh, been outside Bessos before? Uh, Your Honor, let the record show no one raised their hand uh, from Bessos. The angels, but you're not from here, angels. Uh, yeah, I know. Uh, so, Malik, uh, you were saying, so did is this what you expected, yes or no? Uh, yes, this is what we see on the pictures. Yes, this is a bleak plane of nothingness in this direction, and on the other side of Bessos's walls, on the coastal side, uh, have you have you've never been outside there? No, no, no one's been outside there in a long time, except for uh, except for some of the salvage teams. You know, they go out there, but those they're they're heavily debriefed and things. But we do hear tales, uh, but we always the tales are always boring, like this plane. It's just empty. It's gray, and it's bleak, and the sea is the same way, they say, but much rougher and bleak, and and, and that's it. And I guess I, I'm not shocked. It's just strange to be outside and to see, you know, the air is the same as within the gates almost. It's, it feels a little more tepid out here. Uh, it's a little bit hotter, I guess, because we're on this side of the mountains. It feels drier, but the air feels the same, and the sun feels the same. Uh, so I don't know what I was expecting, but this is actually what I was kind of expecting, because this is how it's been portrayed to us. Okay, Malik, let me make sure I understand what you're saying. You're saying this plane in front of us, Ladies and gentlemen, people of the court, if you please, this plane is exactly as Bessos portrays it to its people. And why, as a, as a, as a condition of your testimony, 
Why did you demand that we come out here? Were you expecting to find something different than what you expected? Or were you expecting something different than, than what has been betrayed? Uh, no, actually, I was pretty sure this was, as I was saying before, there was this great debate before I was born uh, that that uh, things out here were worse or they were better or that, you know, we really were just being, we were, we were, there was an experiment in Bessos. We were being isolated by some outside experimenters. And so in addition to the salvage teams, you know, they, they showed that it wasn't really safe out here. Even 20 or 30 years ago, I think it was slightly less safe. But they did send documentary teams out here and they said, well, why would you want to come out here? And then people said, well, maybe for, and they said, well, we have mountain, we, you can climb mountains within here. And then it became, well, if you want to go outside, you can stay outside. You know, if you want to go on an adventure, you know, go ahead and adventure. Uh, but that's choosing to leave Bessos. And then maybe, you know, and, and most people said, well, geez, why would I leave? And there were a few people every year that left to go on adventures Okay, and, and Malik, how many of those people returned to Bessos? Uh, a few, very few. Some were rescued, you know, by salvage crews, or they would be seen outside the walls. But, but not many returned. Okay, Malik, thank you. I guess your testimony is not exactly shocking, we'd say. Uh, no, not at all. Uh, so you brought us out here to see a plane that's exactly as expected. That years ago, might have, people might have been surprised because they were expecting something more dramatic or different than the way it's been portrayed. Is that correct? Yes, in the past, it would have been people would have been expecting something very different. And why do you think it's important that we come out here as we start to talk about sin and fear and the future of Bessos? Uh, well, I think it's important because I think that this isn't this this people seeing this and then saying oh this is exactly what i expected will encourage more people to want to come outside and will encourage people to want to say well this plane there's nothing threatening about this plane i can see it on people's faces it's different because it's more real like even though we expected it to be like this part of us thought it would be much more lava like or there'd be more thunderstorms on the distance, rougher than the, just those clouds. Or they'd, they'd be strange sounds or things to be, uh, but it's just a plain plane. And there's uh, that, uh, I believe that by showing this, uh, you see the crux of the problem of the future, Bessos, right here. And, and it's, it's, it's uh, plain, plain and simple, I guess. Okay, Malik, Your Honor, I think the the witness is leading the uh, defense, but that's fine because uh, doesn't seem to be a prosecution. Doesn't seem to object. Uh, so you, the way you put it there, sir, uh, Malik, it, it sounds like you see the plainness of the plane as a problem. Well, I do, because uh, there's nothing to be afraid of out here, and that's exactly what we need to fear. Uh, now, if something dramatic were to happen, okay, Malik, you just pause there. So you're saying there's nothing 
uh, to fear here? And how is that uh, uh, something to be afraid of? The lack of fear uh, affects Bessos how? Well, I believe in a large, uh, large number of my friends and uh, of uh, uh, well-informed citizens and maybe less informed citizens believe that uh, soon we'll become less vigilant and more likely to wander outside our walls and to lower our walls. And that at that moment, uh, Bessos will be no more. What makes Bessos special is it's is is uh, that it's a a protected safe place away from this plain world, which wasn't many. You know, most of us know that uh, two generations ago, this wasn't a plain plain. It was is a much much more threatening place to be. And that the, that the threat is slowly lowered and lowered to the point where it's not a threat any longer. Okay, Malik, you're losing me. Your logic is losing me. So you're saying that the fact that the plane isn't dangerous and that uh, to the left and the right, it looks uh, dangerous if you didn't have water or food. Uh, but that other than that, it doesn't seem very dangerous at all. And but then you said in but if something dangerous were you you seem to believe that uh, the isolation of Bessos the vigilance of Bessos uh, the need for everyone to rely on one another is what makes Bessos special is is that what you're saying Malik uh, that's exactly what I'm saying I'm saying without fear of the outside. Without uh, constant threat of danger, or at least uh, the uh, a need for vigilance against danger, uh, our society will begin to unwind. And uh, 20, 30 years from now, uh, Bessos in its current form will be no more. And that the whole thing this trial is about, about sin and uh, fear of, you know, this plane, and then you'll say, come out on the plane, and you'll kiss your lady or whatever, and then you'll be in trouble when you get home to mother, or whatever those strange shows used to be that people would watch would be, that that's uh, what's spelled, you know, in, in human history, things have never gone as well as they have now. I'm a student of history, and I've studied it and I've studied the fictional history, and I've weighed the pros and the cons of what is historical and what really happened. And I can tell you there's a few through points, and most of them are that yeah, most people didn't take care of one another like we do in Bessos. Most societies didn't function at such a high level as they do in Bessos, where people can flourish, and by flourishing... Uh, they don't flourish as an individual that all around them flourishes. Uh, just like we breathe the, the gases off put by plants. Or to use a metaphor for when you first arrived, just like we all labor uh, for pure water. And we all work together at some point in our lives to provide water. Uh, the essential, not only the building block of white life, but that which keeps us alive, that these things have never happened before. And that that's something 
we need to protect in this plainness out here. This lack of threat is going to be our undoing. I'm just telling everyone, and no one seems to believe me. They say, Malik, we're fine. And believe me, there's a, there's a large segment of the population that says this is a good thing, that lowering the walls and returning to the world, starting new communities, spreading back across the earth is going to go well, and I tell you it's not. Okay, Malik, so you're, 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 you're telling the, the ladies and gentlemen of the jury, the people of the jury and the people of the court, that Vesos is the pinnacle of what you view is the pinnacle of humanity in some sense. I would say it's humanity functioning at its highest level, yes. And that one of the reasons Bessos functions at such a high level, as you put it, is that it is isolated and that it's uh, it's not self-reliant. It's a community-reliant, that everyone is relying on one another uh, because of the threat, of what was formerly the threat of the outside. Yes, and, and not just a, a general outside, the outside of nature gone wrong, of resources gone spoiled, of giants and... And, and things, you know, beyond the imagination out there, you know, not that long ago, but just long enough ago that we've forgotten uh, because it's not like that anymore. Uh, well, Malik, I, I guess I can see your point, And I think the ladies and gentlemen, the jury can see your point, the people of the jury and the people of the courts. But it sounds like you have a planet and a human nature, an aspect of human nature of wanting to go out and explore, of wanting to not be isolated, uh, that's working against you. Yeah, and, that, and that, that that's working against the best interests of that same humanity. I, I guess it's just like that book, that, 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 that when the sky is falling, when the sky was literally falling, all of us, in order to get by, and I mean us as in humans, we gathered here and we found a way uh, to live in the barn while the sky was falling. And now it's like, well, let's just leave the barn and go. I don't think it's a good thing. I guess I just don't. And I can see people thinking that I'm overreacting or paranoia, they're saying. Well, okay, Malik, uh, what would be your solution? Because I don't know that you could turn back time. And the other side of the court seems to say, uh, you know, my, my, uh, the other barrister's not here. I think he's probably somewhere listening and grinding his teeth, but Richie would say that uh, a singer answer, uh, that worrying that your actions have consequences beyond just your community. Uh, beyond the immediacy of survival within Bessos, of uh, beyond the immediacy of pure water and food, uh, that, 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 that'll replace your fear that you're missing and keep you safe. Uh, what do you think about that? I think it's been pro proven not to work, is what I think, and that this has been proven to work. Uh, because I, I have a, 
I have even deeper knowledge uh, that I'd be willing to share. Uh, well, no, I think I know what you're going to share is that, you know, that, uh, and that would be speculative to say that you know what happens to people after they pass on from Bessos. Is that the speculation you were going to make? Yeah, it was, because I know when people pass on from Bessos. Okay, yeah, that's a belief, that's that, that's speculation. I'm sorry, Malik, I can't allow that, Your Honor. Uh, I don't know, maybe, maybe our, Richie's right. That, Your Honor, are you with us? I'm with you, Mr. Penny. Please continue with your case. Well, Malik, I guess I'm wondering what your solution would be. Uh, my solution, I have a solution, and I think it's, I'm waiting. You seem to be waiting, Malik, for something. Yeah, I'm wait. Oh, dear, what is that? This is, it's Mr. Mr. Richie with the, oh, dear, it was Richie. It's Richie and, like, uh, those are an, an, angels. Oh, boy, what is that, like a thousand? It's a plane of angels coming our way. Uh, Richie, Richie, what are you doing? Uh, you're interrupting me. We're in the middle of uh, court. Uh, you're on objection. My, uh, my witness was, well, I guess we we're kind of finished. Uh, Richie, you're interrupting my witness. Uh, yeah, I'm interrupting your witness with, uh, I have a host of angels here, James. Or, uh, well, that's what I call them. I am myself a host of angels and they've arrived just in time, uh, uh, to help me make my case, I have thousands of witnesses now, Your Honor, that I will call. Uh, uh, you're finished with your... Uh, you, did I need to file any objections, Your Honor? Uh, no objections were filed, Mr. Sears. Okay, well, I have all these angels here, Your Honor, uh, and I'd like to make a statement to the court, if I may. Uh, Mr. Penny was in the middle of... Mr. Penny, do you rest your uh, witness? Uh, yeah, no further questions for the witness, Your Honor. Um, you can give Mr. Sears the court. Uh, well, James, I guess you and your little friend there had some plans because uh, these angels came and they had, uh, uh, they, they're here to uh, protect, uh, uh, protect everyone. Uh, because I guess uh, you, you and Malik, uh, James, I thought we were friends. And I thought you cared about these people of Bessos and people like Malik, misguided Malik. Uh, but the angels told me they intercepted some things out of a place uh, within the earth or deep under the earth or some such thing. And that they luckily redirected a, a giant uh, movement in Exodus from hell uh, that was coming right here to Bessos. Uh, that wouldn't have been good for anybody, James. I thought we had learned our lessons. You had said uh, we were done making mistakes and uh, ruining Earth. But I guess uh, you didn't believe that at all. And yeah, I could listen in with you and Malik's little uh, drama, uh, making your own farce of a trial into a play. Uh, Richie, I don't, I don't really know what you're talking about. Uh, you, you do, James. So the angels are here. And they'll protect Vessos uh, um, from this exodus uh, that's about to arrive. I think, Malik, I could hear you waiting. Uh, but I know Jif and Skiffy, so I, they'll be here probably. Uh, Richie, these are the angels that want to get rid of Earth. That re- 
Oh, James, you don't, you don't get anything. Angels are our friends, right? Anybody watching this trial? Of course we can trust. Oh, what is that out on the plane? That looks like a centaur heading our way very fast and maybe kicking up some dust. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. Hey, everybody, this is actually the narrator. I just cut in here. This seems like a good place to stop centaurs and angels. Sounds like a pickle out on a plane. Uh, so let's take a break, and I'll see you back here next week. Let's do a little scooters thank yous and good nights, okay? I'm all, I've always been uh, interested in, wished I could be a caver, you know, go in caves and stuff. Uh, but uh thought I'd be, say, well, let's be thankful for some caves, all these new cave discoveries. Uh, the John M. Cave, uh, it's a, the, the, that's a cool one, Alexandra C. Cave, Doug B. Cave. Again, that'd be good if you said, yeah, I'm a cave, my name's Doug B. Cave. Emily M. Cave, uh, Joe O. Cave. I say this makes me want to, to put the, the unk in Spelunk. Uh, Susan uh, Cave from Down Under. Uh, Natalie B. Cave, another cave. Say, I'm Natalie B. Cave, pleased to meet you. Joseph K. Cave, attorney at law. Jason N. Uh, space Cave, Cave in Space. Anna, Ann O., excuse me. Can't even pronounce caves right. David D. Cave. Rachel T. Cave, that's another one. Vanessa M. Cave. Julia C. Cave. wonder if that's who the Beatles were singing about when they sang about Julia. Uh, Sarah B. Cave. Uh, Nina J. Cave. That's a cool cave. Amy N. Cave. It's like a cave. That's like a play on words. Uh, N. Cave instead of cave in, you know? hilarious uh, thank you and good night Jennifer M. Cave oh this is the, the, uh, the these caves are classified the patron pet caves by the way Matthew P. Cave uh, Jennifer S. Cave Anka B. Cave E.K. S. Cave Chris M. Cave Rosario D. Cave uh, Linda E. Cave, Carrie U. Cave. Those are all caves and are not necessarily underground. I want people to know that. Uh, Kelly S. Cave, uh, Rachel Cave, uh, Colette Cave. That's the cave. As a matter of fact, that's the cave. Is the guy brought a boombox in and played a, what's that called? Blazement Lay Miz in there. You know, I met the actress that played Colette once, you know. I ran away, uh, but I did meet her. And I'm not kidding. I said, uh, hey. it was after the show. Long time ago, though. Uh, Emily A. Cave. Louise W. Cave. Uh, Jeff M. Cave. Jeff M. Cave. Cave consultant. Cave, get that? That's kind of a pun, too. I didn't realize it. Cave Consultant, Jeff M. Cave. Stanley P. Cave, that's a, that's an accountant, I think. Stanley P. Cave, CPA. You see, you're a cave, cave yeah, where I do the taxes for the cave consultants, you know. 
Robert H. Cave, that's the cave, uh, cave historian. The cave that's a historian. Can you personify a cave? I see you bet your sweet ass I can personify a cave. Just did. Have you, have you been listening? Uh, internal critic. Uh, Solomon B. Cave. That sounds like a cave full of rich stuff. Solomon. Uh, Julie C. to the M. Cave. That sounds like a cave system. Katie D. Cave. Sounds like your best friend, you know, that that's my best friend, that's my best, be, be best, best cave friend ever. Katie, B, Katie D. Cave. Sharon Y. Cave. Why ask why? Spelunkin' Sharon Y.'s Cave. This is another type of cave, a PayPal cave. PayPal donator cave. Michael P. Cave. Samantha B. Cave. That's a that's a Samantha B. Cave, Private Eye. Uh, David D. Cave. Pr- Professor David D. Cave, I think. Eva H. Cave. I don't know, Eva H. Cave sounds like... A, was that like a, a, when we reboot the mu- mu- Music Man, we'll do that. Eva H. Cave. I'm here to teach your kids about uh, the dangers of pool. Uh, Elizabeth S. Cave. That's a cave with an S curve. Annie E. Cave. It's a cave. That's one of the great singing caves. Labiche. That's a nice cave. Got good paintings in that one. Labiche Cave. Uh, Lauren S. Cave. The cave that counts. It's actually a counting cave. Don't try to understand it, though. And finally, thanks and good night to everybody. Thanks and good night, lastly, to Matthew N. M. Cave. Not N. Cave. Not a ca- not Cave N. Not N. Cave. M. Cave. Came at, does M. Come at BC? This is one thing with dyslexia. I don't have the ability to jump around in the alphabet, and that might sound silly, and I can't do the alphabet backwards. So in order to get to M, I actually have to start at A. M. N. So sometimes you can jump in the middle at a major. No, I guess they still always have to go A B C D L M N O P. So M N O P. All right, every thanks to Matthew M Cave and everyone else for the support. Huge at keeping the show going. Uh, so the good night.